Welcome to the Two-Way Radio Show. I'm Rick Savoya. I'm Danny Feimster. And Anthony Roque is out today. And this is the podcast about two-way radios for business and consumer communications. Today we'll talk about the use of frequency counters, field strength meters, and other test equipment for radios. We'll introduce you to these types of tools, discuss how they are used, and recommend some popular and inexpensive products that you can use to test your handheld and mobile two-way radios. We'll also take some of your comments and questions from our blog and our forum at twowayradioforum.com. Our show is sponsored by buytwowayradios.com, the source of two-way radios and radio accessories for businesses and consumers since 2002. Enter the promo code SHOW at checkout and save an additional 5% off your order. Buytwowayradios.com, your radio specialists. Frequency counters, field strength meters, and other test equipment have long been standard issue among amateur radio operators. With the recent availability of advanced, professional-grade GMRS radios with higher power and functionality than the typical bubble pack models, the demand for such test equipment has all but exploded. Yeah, uh, you're absolutely right about that. And and, uh, one of the reasons for that, Rick, is because... um, the price on this test equipment continues to drop now that mm-hmm. there are so, some manufacturers like Surecom that we're talking about today that manufacture some good quality test equipment that doesn't cost an arm and a leg. Surecom is not a, exactly a new company, right? They've been around for a little while. Uh, you know, I don't know a whole lot of the history of the Surecom uh, brand, uh, I guess I should say. But I know that uh, they have been around for a few years, and uh, I know that the reputation of the Surecom products is uh, one of high value, I guess mm-hmm. I should say, is, is a good way to say. It. I mean, this isn't, uh, if you get a Surecom SWR meter, you're not getting a, a you know $2,000 quality piece of equipment, but uh, you're going to get a piece of equipment that does a good job and mm-hmm. provides a good value. It's a good price. Um, and it gets the job done, basically. These are priced to be equipment that anyone that owns a ham or a GMRS radio can also use and own. Well, we're talking about the common types of test equipment, and there's a lot of other test equipment and other manufacturers available, but we want to focus in this episode on the Surecom brand in particular because they seem to be very, very popular, very economical, as you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. And these are the ones that, that people are talking about right now in the ham and the GMRS community in particular. So we're going to really focus on that. And we're going to focus on uh, specific types of this test equipment. And uh, there are basically, what do we have here? We have about five different types of test equipment that we're going to refer to today. You've got uh, a frequency counter, a CTCSS and DCS decoder an SWR meter, a power meter, and a field strength meter. Um, 
let's uh, let's kind of break these down one at a time and and describe exactly what each one of these are. Uh, okay, let's start with the SWR meter because that's probably the most common piece of test equipment that people are asking us for. This mm-hmm. is how SureCom came to our attention, and is how uh, we uh, first. Um, I guess we're introduced to them, and that's why we decided to bring in their line of products. Uh, but uh, the SWR meter is is something that most people that are using mobile radios uh, it should have um, in order to test the, the quality of their antenna and the tuning of their antenna. Using an SWR meter is going to let you um, ensure that your antenna is optimized for the frequencies that you're transmitting on. Now, SWR, standing for uh, Standing Wave Ratio, and uh, this, uh, just to let those of you know who are not familiar with the term or the acronym, um, so this measures the standing wave ratio along the feed line from the radio to a, to the antenna. And this is very important. Why, why is this so important? If your radio isn't... Uh transmitting with an optimal SWR, then um, you are uh, potentially going to damage your radio. And uh, that's the worst case. But, you know, best case, you're not going to get the the range that you're looking for uh, out of your radio. It it can significantly cut back on the range of your radio. For example, if you've got an SWR uh, of five, six, you know, that's probably not going to kill your radio, but it, it is going to kill your transmit power. Now, basically, what's happening here is when you have that high ratio is that a lot of that energy that you're sending out to the antenna is basically coming back into the radio. And that's what you don't want. Right. Um, moving on to uh, those other uh, types of test equipment you mentioned, a frequency counter is uh, also somewhat useful. The frequency counter um, will basically listen for a very strong signal nearby and tell you what frequency it's transmitting on. And some of those frequency counters also have the CTCSS DCS decoder built in Mm -hmm. so that they'll tell you the frequency and the tone that's being transmitted on that most powerful frequency. Which can be quite useful if you're in a group and you don't know what tone or code they're using to participate in that group or a repeater. In case you don't know what the tone is on that repeater, then, uh, you know, that's the sort of thing that you would use to try to detect what tone or code. Now, on the radios, the ocean radios, on some of the ocean uh, radios, so GMRS radios, there is a built-in decoder on some of those where you can uh, scan for the CTCSS and DCS codes. Uh, So you don't necessarily need that type of of meter on it because the radio will basically do that work for you and identify the code. Mm-hmm. Um, but it can take a few tries for that to happen on the radio if you're, if, because what it does is it goes through the, the list while the signal is being transmitted. It detects the CTCSS tone or DCS code and, uh, it, it goes through a, a list of all the tones and codes in the radio, and if it doesn't cycle up to that particular tone by the time that transmission ends, then you kind of have to wait till the next 
transmit in order for it to pick up again. Yeah, using a, something like a frequency counter with a built-in CTCSS DCS decoder, uh, it's going to be m- much more efficient than using the built-in yeah. tone decoding functionality on the radio because uh, it, the frequency counter is just going to tell you basically immediately what uh, tone is being used, whereas, like you were saying, the radio has to cycle through everything and it doesn't scan very quickly. It's not what the radio is built for, obviously. Right, it's right. functionality that's in in the radio, but it's uh, with the frequency counter. That's that's what that that device was designed for. Um, where we use frequency counters uh, internally here is with our business radio customers. Uh, a lot of times, uh, when you have a business that will call us and say, "Hey, I need more radios." Uh, we're going to say, hey, great, we're happy to sell you more radios, but uh, what frequency do you need uh, programmed in there? And, um, you know, you're often not dealing with radio people. You're dealing with the purchasing agent or someone that has no idea how yeah. the radios were programmed. They just, you know, their their local two-way radio guy closed down a long time ago, and now they, they just need more radios and they want them to work with what they have. So they can send us a radio. Mm-hmm. We'll hit transmit and uh, hold up that frequency counter and uh, we'll immediately know what the frequencies are and uh, how the new radios need to be programmed. So that that device uh, is something we've been using here internally for a long time and it's a lifesaver. But it, it has a lot of applications in, for the GMRS and especially ham yeah, as well. Yeah, definitely. And so aside from those, so we got frequency counters, CTCSS and DCS decoders and SWR meters. But a couple more here. We've got a power meter. And uh, this uh, this is also a very useful item to have. Yeah. In the case of Surecom equipment, the power meter is going to be combined with the SWR meter. So when you're measuring your SWR, you'll get an SWR and a power reading at the same time. But power meter will tell you how many watts your radio is putting out. And then we have what's called a field strength meter, uh, which basically that reads the the relative field strength from your antenna. Right. This is, uh, an, uh, in the case of the Surecom equipment, an analog device. Mm-hmm. And the closer you get it to something that's transmitting a signal, the more you'll see the, the arm uh, on that analog meter wave. So uh, this is good... Um, just to measure relative field strength from of one device versus another. Like, for example, if you want to know uh, if one radio or one device is putting out more power than another, you can set it up in a similar place and see what, which one moves the needle on that field strength meter uh, more often. And it, 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 there's a lot of reasons a field strength meter might yeah. be useful. That's just one example. Yeah, I, I think another one is is trying to um, get the location of a transmitting signal, wouldn't it be? And that could be useful for that. Uh, uh, to, to yeah, perhaps because uh, depending on placement. I mean, if you're far away from a signal, it's not going to help a lot. But um, if you've got a transmitting device, you can walk around uh, around it and see the needle going up and down based on where where you're at, and you you can kind of get an idea of. Maybe the, even the wave pattern from the, the antenna of the device. Like uh, what the hams do on their fox hunts. Uh, maybe. I, I think those would be more directional generally than mm-hmm. what we're talking about here. This is more of a, of, of a very general. Yes. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. uh, right. Yeah. All right. So we have the different common types of test equipment for the radios. Um, we get into um, 
some of the use scenarios of, of this test equipment and and how to properly use them because here's one of the issues that that we come across when we're hearing about how the test equipment is used. I've seen a number of videos where uh, we'll have a radio that maybe we've sold somebody and then somebody comes back and says, you know, this is supposed to be a uh, five-watt radio, but I'm using my little meter on here and it's it's not giving out a full five watts. Or, or this antenna that I just purchased is... Uh, is, is not a, a 1.2 to 1 ratio or whatever. And oftentimes this happens because, uh, not so much because that there's an issue with the radio or in the antenna, but because it's not being tested properly. Yeah, that, therein lies the problem. When you put yeah. uh, inexpensive test equipment in um, you know a lot of people's hands, there are some problems that, that come from that. The biggest one that we've seen are um, there's a, a Surecom meter that's sort of designed to work with handheld radios called mm-hmm. it's a SW33. We carry the the upgraded SW33 Plus version, which has a, like a digital um, screen, a text display. But uh, there's several versions floating around online of this meter, and uh, it's it makes it super easy to screw onto your radio and screw your antenna onto to the meter. And um, it's some antennas aren't going to give you a great reading with this meter because there's something called a ground plane that, uh, you know, if, if you're using a, a, a certain size antenna, like a quarter wave that requires a ground plane, you're not going to get an accurate reading when using this meter. So what we see are a, a great example is the Nagoya uh, 701G. Mm-hmm. Very uh, popular antenna. Antenna. And it's a quarter wave antenna. And yeah. if you put that antenna on this SW33 meter, it's not going to give you a good number because when you're holding the radio, you are the ground plane. But when you're using this meter, uh, the ground plane isn't, connected to the antenna, essentially. Some people are using these, and they're not even thinking about the fact that, oh, wait a minute, this is a handheld radio, and I'm the ground plane. So if I'm not touching the radio, if I'm just using the meter, and I'm not touching the radio at all, there is no ground plane here to test with. You you basically kind of have to hold the radio you kinda, when you're testing it. And you'll see, like, if you hold the SWR meter, you're going to get a better reading yeah. than than not. But it, it's still very finicky, I guess, is is the word. Uh, I mean, we, we've we had, uh, with that 701G antenna in particular, um, there's so many people that would buy these SW33s and test it themselves and get a bad reading. We had to get Nagoya to give us a, a photo of the antenna being tested on their mm-hmm. professional, you know, $10,000 test equipment to see, look, no, it really is optimized for the, you know, the GMRS frequencies, see? Um, now, that's another point, is that this is not a $10,000 meter here. That These are very economical meters, so they do the job, but... It's not like you can say 100% with certainty that this is absolutely the final result that that uh, you're getting from the radio or the antenna. 
and I think some people put a little bit too much reliance on some of the numbers when they get really, really down to the nitty-gritty, when you're getting down to the, the final numbers. And I think that has to be taken into account where that, well, you know, this these are very good meters to have. You should really, everybody should have one. I've got a couple myself, as, as you do, and they, they are very useful, but um, you can't say that this is an absolute because you're going to get an absolute I, on $10,000 equipment, <laughs> more or less. I think that the problem with using this equipment isn't isn't the accuracy of the equipment. I think the accuracy of the equipment is pretty good. I think that the problems come in from you're not using like a, a sterile testing environment. You, yeah, you've got yeah. Um, users of the equipment that just aren't familiar with all the variables that can uh, that go into it. You know, for example, yeah. going back to the ground plane thing, uh, a lot of of users aren't even aware of you know the ground, the ground plane, plane yeah. and how you know how that would impact thing and and when a customer calls we can explain this to them and then usually they're like oh okay well that makes a lot of sense but yeah that's it, it's point. not so much that the equipment has a problem it's it's that um you know if, if Nagoya is testing the SWR on one of these antennas for that they're making for a specific frequency. They've got an environment set up mm -hmm. to give the most accurate results. And they, on top of that, they've got the $10,000 meter to to um, do their testing with. Yeah, if you're sitting on the edge of your bed using one of these, it's probably not going to be as accurate as, as it would be if you're at a workbench that's, uh, you know, with testing equipment that's specifically designed for that purpose. Right. So you, you got to keep in mind when using this that, um, you know, it, it's because of the environment you're using and you might not be getting the, the same number that, you know, your friend is going to get mm -hmm. um, when they test on the exact same uh, equipment. Mm -hmm. And there, there are a couple other things here that, that we really need to make note of in that same vein. I think in particular with uh, the DMR radios. Um, a lot of this testing equipment isn't really designed for DMR. And now we do have one, at least one model here that, that will work with it, but a lot of it isn't. And some people will try to, to apply it to DMR when they're really meant for analog. And then the results are, are not what they expected. And then they're blaming, uh, they're blaming the radio or the test equipment or, you know, whoever sold them the radio and test equipment, that sort of thing. And it's a matter, uh, it's not so much a matter of, of, of any of those items. It's a matter of, well, it's not necessarily compatible with the type of radio that you're trying to test it with. Yeah, that's, that's a very good point. Um, uh, and that's not intuitive either. You would think you're buying a, a meter. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, well, it's, I'm going to, you know, run a radio signal through it and it's going to work. Well, um Digital is different sometimes, and uh, it is important to look at the description of the product you're buying to see if it has, is compatible with uh, DMR or other digital modes. And also, uh, there's a consideration for um, the band that that the radio operates on, isn't there? I mean, because uh, the different bands are going to give you uh, slightly different results for frequencies. Uh, well, most of this equipment is made for a certain frequency range, and it is critical that you look at that ahead of time. Uh, for example, the um, Surecom SW102, SWR and power meter, there's a different version of that meter for HF 
um, versus UHF and, and VHF. So you, you need, if you're using um, HF for amateur uh, or CB or 10 meter, whatever, um, you need to get the HF version, which handles 1.5 to 70 megahertz. And then if you're doing GMRS um, or two meter amateur, there's a 125 to 525 megahertz version. Yeah, that's that's another important consideration, I think. Well, since we've looked over the proper use of some of this test equipment, let's take a look at the equipment itself. Let's see what's available uh, right now for everyone to uh, to test their radios with. And we carry now. Surecom carries a lot of different products. They make a lot of different. Uh, testing products. We carry right at the moment uh, six in particular that seem to be rather popular with everyone. Uh, let's talk about those. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, so let's start with the SWR meters because that's the biggest selection yeah. that we have. Um, so uh, what have I mentioned? Uh, the SW33 Plus we mentioned earlier, this mm -hmm. is a small uh, kind of slim SWR meter that's, that's uh, good for testing handheld radio antennas. So it will handle 100 watts. So you can run a mobile um, through this, but it has SMA connectors. So if you're going to use a mobile, you're probably going to need um, adapters to go along with it. It, it. Some adapters are included, but I believe they're mainly handheld radio um, type adapters, like SMA um, gender changers and BNC type connectors. The, the SW33 also includes a dummy load, and we didn't mention dummy loads earlier, but it, mm -hmm. it, that's another thing that um, we see trip people up a little. When you're measuring radio power, mm -hmm. it is important that instead of an antenna, uh, you're using a dummy load on the mm -hmm. other side of your meter um, to ensure everything is optimal. Otherwise, you're going to, to lose some of your power based on the SWR. Um, so to, to get a good power reading, you need to be sure to use a dummy load. And this SW33 that we're talking about includes a dummy load. Mm -hmm. All right. Then we have the uh, SW102. Now, this is a combo, an SWR power meter. And this one has a ground plane that we were talking about earlier that is really necessary. This one comes with one. Right. This is the larger... SWR power meter is bigger than the SW33 plus that we talked about previously. Um, and it is a little better for measuring those handheld antennas because it includes a metal ground plane that can be screwed onto the top of the meter to give you a more accurate reading. Something else about this SW102 that includes the ground plane, and this, this is for the UHF, VHF, 125 to 525 megahertz. Um, we ordered this especially with the ground plane. So um, if you see this same product other places online or Amazon, uh, it may not include the ground plane. When we ordered this, we specifically had them include the ground plane. So um, that's not something I believe most um, resellers do. Also, we had it, we ordered it with end connectors. Mm -hmm. A lot of times you will see this with UHF connectors. And uh, you may think, oh, well, it's better to get the UHF one, but uh, there's less loss with an end connector. The end connector is, is a better performing connector than UHF. So that's why we went with the end connector. We figure if you're buying a power meter and an SWR meter, you want 
as little loss as possible. However, we do have uh, adapters available on our website at bytwoayradios.com, so you can always purchase an, a, you know, an optional adapter for it if you need one. Right. So, um, okay, and next we have the SW. Now, this is another one that it's pretty close to the same thing. Uh, this is the SW102HF, and this is also an SWR power meter, but it doesn't include the ground plane. Right. This is the, the HF version of the... Uh, SW-102 we talked about previously, and it operates on 1.5 to 70 megahertz. It's mm-hmm. the big difference, and the fact that it doesn't include the ground plane. Okay. Then we have one called the SS-11. Now, this is a, a different meter. This is a field strength slash power meter. Yeah, this is the, the one that we kind of covered earlier with the, the analog arm uh, that will uh, show you uh, the relative power of the signal being transmitted from a, a nearby device. Uh, it, this will uh, it has a very wide frequency range that it works on, 100 kilohertz up to 3 gigahertz. It uh, includes a built-in uh, battery and a USB port to charge it. Uh, you'll see some field strength meters that don't include that are not battery powered. Yeah, uh, but this one is. It gives it a little more sensitivity. And this one has an SMA female input and includes an SMA male UHF telescopic antenna. Is that correct? Uh, that is correct, yeah. It, it uh, has the built-in antenna for sure. All right. And this one's, uh, what, $39.99? Did we mention the prices on these? Uh, we should mention the prices, but I don't think we did previously. That, that $39.99 for that uh, field strength meter. Um, the SW33 is $39.99. The SW-102 is $54.99, and the SS-11, I think I, I just mentioned, is $39.99. Um, th- so these are all relatively affordable. These, these, not, we're not talking about, you know, $1,000 meters or anything here. This is something that's very affordable. Yeah, say $55, $60 for a very good SWR meter, uh, $40 for that lower, uh, smaller one. Uh, 40 bucks for a field strip. You're right. These these are useful devices. You're not going to use these things every day, let's be no, honest. But, uh, but they're handy to have. They're handy to have. They're, when you need one, you yeah. need one. Now, we have two more models here. There's the SF-103. This is a frequency counter, and we talked about those earlier. Yeah, we have two frequency counters. We have the SF-103 and the SF-401+. Plus. And uh, the 103 has a larger frequency range. Um, it, it goes from two megahertz all the way up to 2.8 gigahertz. Wow. So it does HF, but it, uh, and it's a little more expensive. It's 60 bucks, uh, or 59.99, but it doesn't look quite as nice as the SF 401, which has the nicer screen, but a smaller frequency range. The 401 goes between 27 megahertz and three gigahertz. Now, both of these will do. CTCSS DCS detection. Mm-hmm. Both of these products have uh, the digital mode for DMR radios. All right. So you were saying the SF-103 is $60, $59.99. The SF-401 Plus is $49.99. And, uh, and both of these come with an antenna and a belt clip so you can uh, carry it around with you. And uh, the SF-401 has a USB charger cable USB AC adapter and a belt clip. 
So. Yeah, ba- basically for ten bucks more, you get a uh, you get HF frequency coverage with the one hundred three. Ten dollars less, you get a a nicer looking um, screen on the four hundred one. I can tell you, John, our our tech, uh, he's been on the show before, and uh, he likes the four hundred one. The SF four hundred one is his favorite. He likes the screen on it. So we get a recommendation from John on this one. Uh, When we told John earlier that we were doing this episode and what the topic was, he he went out of his way to say how much he liked the SF four hundred one. Wow. He said that he used the 103 for a while, and then he switched to the 401 because he liked the display better. Those are his words. It's good to know. Well, hey, John's an authority on this, a good authority. So um, so if he said that, uh, then uh, I trust his judgment on it. Well, he's the one actually using these things to uh, check the, those business radios when they come in to get the frequencies. So he would so know he knows better stuff. than me, actually, because he's, he's using these on a much more regular basis than I am. All right, but that's our rundown on radio testing equipment. Once again, you don't have to spend thousands or even hundreds of dollars for testing equipment, especially if you're not, I mean, if you're using it all the time and and you're doing things professionally to to check or repair radios and that sort of thing, it's probably probably a good idea to go with a lot of that, But uh, and if you can afford it. But for most of us who can't afford it and who are using it on a casual basis, these these are perfect options. That's right. All right. And any other thoughts on the, the testing equipment here? No, oh, I think I think uh, we got it. Oh, you know there is one more thing. And if Anthony were here, he'd be the first to to mention it. Uh, you know we have these products on our site at bytwoayradios.com. And if you use promo code show at checkout, use promo code show. At what checkout, happens? What happens if you use promo code show? You can save 5% off the entire order. Wow. There you go. So use a promo code. And you heard it here on the Two-Way Radio Show. Oh, one other thing. Let us know yeah. what else we need to carry. We don't carry a lot of test equipment at buy2wayradios.com. Um, let We're us know. What, for more. Yeah, what are we missing? I know there's a lot of test equipment out there, but where where are we missing the boat? Where could we be selling... Um, some more equipment, and just because we don't have it, we're we're missing out. Let us know. All right. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Uh, and also send in your comments and and also your your experiences with using some of this uh, test equipment. Let us know what uh, you think of it. It'd be much appreciated. Well, we have some comments and questions from our blog and our forum at uh, twowayradioforum.com. I'm looking for the first one here. Ah, here it is. The first one is a comment. This is on. Uh, so this has to do with CB radios. This is from Justin. Justin wants to know, I still wonder if I need a license for amateur radio for low-wattage SSB found on CB radios. And that's from Justin. And uh, uh, short answer, uh, no. Because <laughs> it's CB. CB is, uh, is licensed by rule. And if you're using the single sideband on CB, uh, no, you, you don't need a... Uh, an amateur radio license to to do single sideband on CB. At least last I checked. If anything's changed, let me know. And, I don't think anything's changed there. Uh, if you're using <laughs> CB frequencies on CB approved equipment, you're good to go. Yeah, for single sideband, then you're 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 fine. And side, single sideband is a it's a feature that's uh, found on a, a number of uh, higher end CB radios, and 
I mean, if it wasn't legal, it probably wouldn't be there in the first place. Uh, my guess. <laughs> I think you're right on that one. All right. Uh, our next one comes from... Uh, I like this one. Our next one comes from Elaine Mom NC. I believe the NC meaning North Carolina. And she's responding to episode 167, our last episode, when we were introducing the Ocean KGS 88 G GMRS radio. And uh, Elaine says, I listened with great interest about the new KGS 88 G GMRS radio. A couple of points. Our local GMRS repeater owner does not care for Roger Beep, so I wish not a Rubicon would let that rest, LOL. A lot of people love that repeater and wish to continue to enjoy it. On the colors of the radio, I think that would be a great idea. It may interest some ladies if they could color coordinate their radios with their outfits. Maybe I could get my daughters to talk if they like the looks of their radios. And that's from Elaine Mom and C. You remember in our last episode, we did ask for comments about whether or not uh, colors, additional colors yeah, would be which color? We were a little unsure if the multiple colors would, if, if anyone would really care about the multiple colors or not. And um, I think I'm learning that people uh, are concerned with the color. Maybe people are making buying decisions based on how good the product looks. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, that, that's important to know. We've got to take that into consideration. Let us know what colors you'd like to see in the S88G. I think Elaine earned some swag on this one. Uh, I, li- I like that. Have answer. some Thank swag, you. Elaine. Our next one comes from Takarens, who is also uh, responding to episode 167. Uh, Takarin says, since many people that buy these radios may be preppers, I think the natural color choices should be military green and or camo in addition to black. As for the Roger Beep, I don't mind a Roger Beep as long as it is not the annoying kind. Many repeaters have a squelch tail and it can be difficult at times to know when the person transmitting has unkeyed. The Roger Beep helps with this. And that's from Takarin. Um, both of them good points. Traditionally, I think in the past, and we carry a couple of camo radios, and traditionally in the past, they haven't never really sold that well. They never really were all that popular. I mean, there's a subset of people who'd buy them, but they weren't super popular with, with people. They were, uh, compared to the primary model, they haven't ever done as well for us. Now, I'm sure, you know, Bass Pro is probably selling a lot more camo yeah, radios than uh, you know their, yeah. than regular radios. I, I'm guessing. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> it's just uh, you know our audience or our customer base that's the difference. Um, but um, I don't know. The S88G uh, I think would look good in like maybe a dark green. I think the yeah the highlights yeah. Uh, were the you know the, we're not talking about a full color on this radio. It's only sort of splashes of color. Maybe a drab green, if you're talking about camo, something close to camo that would be kind of like the, the drab green, you know, that's a little subdued, that uh, yeah, kind of military I, green, I guess. Yeah, I think maybe that that color green like you're talking about would be nice. I think camo might be a little tough to pick up because you're only talking highlights of color on the radio. It's not big splashes. Mm-hmm. So the camo may not come through as well as, as you're thinking um, it might. But... Uh, the dark green, maybe even like a desert tan color. Mm, there you go. There's something that's that different. Before. That's yeah. different. Desert tan. Um, yeah. Well, what do you think about it? Uh, you know, send in your comments to us. You know, as for the Roger Beep, um, th- that's an interesting point about the Roger Beep. I, I, 
He says he doesn't mind the Roger beep as long as it is not the annoying kind. The question is, what constitutes the annoying kind? I mean, because everyone has their own, you know, everyone's taste is different. Uh, everyone has their own idea of or threshold as to what becomes annoying. Hey, you know what? We just put the Roger beep on the radios. <laughs> what you do with it is is up to you. Yeah. But they're good. They're good comments to Karen. Appreciate it. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, send in your comments and questions for Danny, Anthony, or myself to show at buytwowayradios.com. If you want to know more about today's topic or about two-way radios in general, check out our forum discussions at twowayradioforum.com. Of course, you can subscribe to the two-way radio show directly from our website at twowayradioshow.com or hear it wherever you can find a podcast. And of course, as I mentioned many times before, you can click on that little blue subscribe by email button on uh, our website at twowayradioshow.com to subscribe and put in your email address and you'll get the latest episode of the two-way radio show as soon as it comes out and uh, you know that's just just for the show no sales more call um so um you know check it out check it out all right um i guess it does it for this episode um before we go any final comment i don't think so all right well, today's show is sponsored by BuyTwoWayRadios.com. Whether you're searching for two-way radios for general consumer or business use, BuyTwoWayRadios can help you find the best solution for your needs. Enter the promo code SHOW at checkout and save an additional 5% off your order. Give us a call at 1-800-584-1445 or enter our live chat at BuyTwoWayRadios.com. Well, everyone, as always, thanks for listening, and until next time, for the Two-Way Radio Show, I'm Rick Sawyer. And I'm Danny Feemster. And we're... Out.